come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast, where a movie talk show podcast comes your way every Saturday, whether you're ready for it or not, in our quest for total world domination. Hey, you can help us out. Yes, you can help us out by going to wherever oh going over to wherever you found us and hitting that like or subscribe button all of that stuff helps us become the fastest growing podcast in the universe and in year 10 we will achieve that goal that's right welcome to year 10 we're we're on target yep uh so these are the internet radio superstars sean michaela and i'm colin holly is on assignment yes Mm -hmm. this evening yep and tonight we watched a movie that was chosen by you that's right. You. Every year we do this. We do our listeners choice month in January where we ask you in December what movies you'd like us to cover. And so thank you very much, all of you, for uh, like uh, it was like 100 movies or something like that that we got a submission for. And then stupidly, I deleted that because it was like, OK, you know, once I recorded them all, I'm okay. like, OK, we're going to delete that so nobody could pick any more. And now I can't tell you who suggested Phantasm 2. So, well, God I, I, I'm sorry. Tell us <laughs> well, if it was you, and we'll yeah. thank you next Write week. Write in yeah. and let us know. We'll discuss it in Mailbag next yeah. week. But, Are we going to know who picked any of these? Well, uh, no. But oh, we, know, God, yeah. we know that you voted for them. So right, there you so go. Majority, yeah. Okay. Thanks for picking it, and thanks for voting. <laughs> right, because uh, there's a connection here. Uh, with Phantasm Two, mm-hmm. Michaela's been waiting to see this movie all of her yeah, life. I've never seen it. Yeah, I, I d- we did an episode on the first Phantasm, but probably two years ago. Maybe. What is time? Right. We did what it at time? some point. Um, and that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I had never watched any of the sequels because, which is surprising. Yeah. It, that you haven't ventured in. No, because like I got the perfect Phantasm okay. movie, right? So it's only downhill from. You mean there, you didn't, there Wait. wasn't additional shit to love in the movie we just watched <laughs> i will get to it but i'm just like uh, i why ruin the bad experience yeah, why take yeah. the chance of ruining exactly, the experience exactly with a sequel? especially because it's not like this franchise went on to have like 12 movies and 10 of them were good or whatever like there's five and i mean i haven't seen any of the sequels but i've, I've heard seen them that, all yeah uh, <laughs> i went on the phantasm road trip at one point i did <laughs> them all i think like in a weekend and oh boy, uh yeah Ravager? so uh, well, that one came many years later. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, what year was this one made? 1988. What's right? Was the first one made 1979. Yeah, but it was directed by Don Coscarelli. That's right. Who also did Beastmaster, which we did on this show, and which, Bubba Hotep. That's which right. Was which was also done on this show. Wait, Wait, I thought this was done way did? back in the day. Holy shit! Like did we? way before me. Bubba Hotep. Yeah, I thought yeah, for oh, yeah. sure it was. Okay. Well, I was Don's been on the wall. Oh, I thought he. I thought he just was. We were putting him on the wall. So. I I thought for sure you guys did Bubba Hotep. I thought. No, I, I know sure. I wasn't here for it, but I thought you guys did too. I don't think so. I don't think mm-hmm. we have. Well, yet. we'll have Bubba to do, we'll have to go back in our archives and find out. Might be one. So Don Coscarelli uh, is finally getting his place on the Saturday Night uh, Freak Show Wall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, with this movie, we're inducting a bunch of people. Awesome. Uh, Reggie also, Bannister, probably. That's right. Reggie Ooh. Bannister has mm-hmm. finally made it to the Saturday Night Freak Show Wall of Fame because he was not only in the original Phantasm. Wishmaster. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three movies I brought. <laughs> He was a dock worker. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, he yeah. was in it for. Wait, no, I thought he was no, the, the pharmacist. pharmacist. Yeah, he's yeah, the yeah, pharmacist that yelled at Buck Flower. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. in Wishmaster. Yeah. Okay, he has um, the same getup. He looks exactly right. The that's same. why. Yeah. That's now I remember it yeah. because I'm like he was wearing the same similar mm-hmm. shit. Okay, yeah. And uh, James Legros, who's in this, is uh, also on the Saturday Night Freak Show Wall Fan because yes. he was a teenage cowboy in Near Dark. Oh shit! Ah, okay, he was uh, also in Point Break. Oh really? <laughs> Which okay. we also have covered. He was one Long of the gang member, probably. No, he was he was part of the surfer Patrick Swayze's uh, or Bodie's team. We've oh. talked about vapor actors. This guy's a vapor actor for me. Like what I know I've seen him. Because well, you look James at his credits, you look at his credits, and he's been in tons of stuff. But you, I have no memory of it. Like I have no memory of seeing him in any of it. All I remember is Zodiac because I was trying to place his face the entire time I was watching this. I'm like, why? Well, I, I want to punch him just because it's a punchable <laughs> face to me. Yeah. But I'm just like. Who is uh Zodiac? Yeah, he. I think uh, this was prior to his breakout movie was he was in Drugstore Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So he was like an indie actor in the '90s, and then you know graduated up the. Now he does TV, a lot of TV, a lot of, any a TV lot of, show that's been on the past twenty years. He's been on a couple yeah. episodes of basically. I think with Justified or something, he was like in a multi arc. Uh, yeah. appearances on that, but I mean, he it's amazing. I've seen him in two things, and he's been in so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've also, uh, this is, uh, according to MF mad, the keeper of the Saturday night freak show wall of fame. Thank mm-hmm. you very much uh, for your service Thanks, and sir. duty, sir. Uh, Phil Fonda Carlo. Oh, little person Great actor name. is, uh, he was a uncredited dwarf in uh, phantasm right. two. You would recognize him if you saw him. He was a uh, bone bone car in Willow. Anybody? Uh, Willow, big fan I, of Willow. I have not Willow. seen Willow in yeah. 20 years. And he was Sir Nigel Pennyweight in Ghoulies 2, which we also did <laughs> an episode on Ghoulies 2. Wait, Nigel yeah. Pennyweight. <laughs> okay. okay, that's fine. Um, Don't remember that, but okay. So, uh, Phantasm 2. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I guess it is like, it's interesting that you didn't, you put off uh, wanting to see these movies, being such a big fan of mm-hmm. the original Mm -hmm. so i am very curious by the time we get to the end of this like uh you know probably what your impression was of phantasm 2 because it goes a very different uh i mean it has a different tone different feel than the original movie right but i don't know where else you go with this story with the way the first one ended you know yeah Uh, unless you're just literally making the same movie again i feel like you gotta move it out of that town right yeah but it feels like he did have to make like a lot of the things that you remember about this, the first movie. He had he does have to do again, except yeah. this is the eighties, and so he's got money because ten I, times the budget of the original. Yeah, because he got like three million mm-hmm. or something like that on this mm-hmm. one, right? Yep. So why the gap between one and two? Just well, he didn't, he had no interest in making this okay. a second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, the only other movie that he'd made in that period of time was Beastmaster, and that mm-hmm. was right. 1982. Cross not like a really prolific filmmaker. No, and he hasn't. Yeah, and he hasn't done a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think we talked a lot about him on the Beastmaster episode because yeah. mm-hmm. he was famously or infamously uh, he was the youngest person I think at 19 years old. He sold a movie. Uh, was it Jim the World's Greatest? Yep. Universal. <laughs> yeah. No, not Jim the World's Greatest again. Yep. But, yeah, yeah, Kenny and Company was. After that, that was after yep. that, right, right. Yeah. Yep. and then Phantasm, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know Beastmaster. He wanted that was like a big, you know, mm-hmm. expensive movie. And then uh, I think the way that I understand the story <clears throat> is uh, Universal Pictures 
was kind of, uh, you know, they were known as being the the studio that kind of created the horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for better or worse, for their 1930s, you know, the Dracula, Frankenstein, all that the stuff. The monsters, yes. Mm-hmm. And in the 80s, with the advent of, um, you know, new makeup effects, uh, you know, the Friday the 13th movies and slasher movies, and then all these fantasy horror movies became like the thing. And Universal is going like, well, what the hell, we... We're losing out on this. We started this. So they started yeah. buying up sequel rights to Halloween 2, for instance, right. or Psycho 2, and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the remake of the thing. We're like, we're going to get John Carpenter to work for us and all this stuff. And so they were trying to persuade Coscarelli to make a Phantasm 2. They were aware there was a cult, you know, interest in it. And I mean, so- that first movie made $22 million. Which is surprising. That's a lot of fucking money for a movie that costs $300,000 to make. Yeah. I mean, a colossal independent movie mm-hmm. hit. Mm-hmm. Um, for being such a weird movie. Right. right. I mean, but that's yeah. always the thing that like... It was you know, a big drive-in movie. Big that makes sense. time drive-in movie. Because I think people couldn't classify it. I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, this is like the 70s gave us, you know, movies like Eraserhead, mm-hmm. you know, and midnight movies like uh, Pink Flamingos and... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just weird out there kind of things. And so I think there was like an adventure to going to movies in the in the 70s. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And this and, you know, Phantasm's kind of like a psychedelic. I mean, it's like a weird dream logic kind of, you know, they, they compare it to like a David Lynch, you know. Yeah. Well, even IMDb like classifies it as like sci-fi fantasy horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so, gonna say yeah. there's a few slashes before we get to the horror mm-hmm. in yeah. this description. Yeah, because it's mostly like it feels almost more science fiction by the time you get to the wrap up mm-hmm. of the original Phantasm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, you go back and watch Phantasm now. It's like they were reading Dune. Yes, uh, way before <laughs> they uh, all but say fear is the mind killer. They they tell them like don't be afraid. Yeah. And they basically do like switch around the words in that phrase. And they're like, a "Here's bit a real you. killer, man." Yeah, yeah. But don't they go to like the Dune Oasis uh, bar and yeah, you know, they do. Like, yep. Put your hand in the box. Yep. What's in the box? Mm-hmm. There's only fear in the box or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Costco. Really- surprising. I like it considering how much Dune influence it has. <laughs> We're coming around to Dune. Yeah. 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 All um, things come back. To well, Dune. it's a, a philosophy, maybe. Right. Uh, yeah. It's shared with Dune. Um, because, I mean, even Dune, I think, at that point was like a kind of a counterculture. It was like that in Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and On the Road or whatever. We're like right on college campuses everywhere. Right. Um, True. So he's given, you know, $3 million, mm-hmm. which I understand is the lowest that Universal paid for any of their other movies. But it was still, you know. <laughs> Ten times the original budget. Say, yeah. yeah. And that's $3 million in like 1987 money. So a lot more. So that than- means many more explosions. Right. Yeah. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. I know, but like we, we like explosions around here, right? We do. Of course. Yeah. Oh, no, I, my thank goodness was uh, sincere. We got yeah. two of them in like the first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you know. Like, it's like we're going bigger and quote unquote better with our oh, yeah. sequel. Yeah, start <laughs> off with an explosion. Mm-hmm. You can't get better. Like Michael Scott said, when you draw a gun, I mean, what tops a gun? <laughs> right. What tops an explosion in movies? Two more. Two more. <laughs> yeah. Mustard fingers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you should always end your your movie with like a building on fire. Yeah, this one doesn't, unfortunately. Well, this guy, we had two building fires and a car fire, though. Yeah, so. yeah, mm-hmm. and many coffins on fire. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but two at least two big like houses explode mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Joel Silver would be proud, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had to keep on ratcheting it up. You know, <laughs> um, maybe Joel Silver walked by the set one day and was just like more fire. I don't know what makes it better? 
I think it was just a thing he did in the 80s. Explosions. Explosions and firepower. That's also like the thing that mm -hmm. like Don Coscarelli saw aliens, right? Don Coscarelli saw aliens. Don Coscarelli saw Evil Dead (laughs) 2. Don Coscarelli saw Friday the 13th. I was going to say, to be fair, he's making this movie at the end of a really great decade of film. So yeah, there's a lot of influence of the past decade between these two movies. Yeah, but it also kind of does show that like he didn't have like uh like a, a clear idea of what to do with like a sequel mm-hmm. you know because i think he said he's like phantasm was a one-off right you know? it's like that was a, a thing and then they wanted a sequel so he did it and then obviously there's a three a four and then later a five that he didn't direct but um mm-hmm. did produce um which i'm i will probably never watch that one just because he didn't direct it like well, come on you did four of them and then you're not gonna do the fifth one yeah plus the fifth one ravager is like it, it looks like one of them shot on video yeah like very it contemporary movies yeah all i remember is a giant ball shooting up houses did that happen in that movie like did we get a oh yeah it like takes down cities I okay think, yeah yeah because there's like an alternate future at that point where oh. i think there's one reality where uh reggie and the tall man are patients and a uh like a, a hospital and oh, in no. the other reality they're you know okay. adversaries on this like apocalyptic <laughs> battlefield oh, giant no. spheres and all this stuff um yeah this series gets like just kind of like crazy i mean it starts in a really weird place so where do you go from there you just got to keep making it weirder i guess right yeah and i guess that's also the thing that kind of makes phantasm unique like nobody's come around it doesn't seem like you know trying beating down the door going like we need a Phantasm remake. No. They've remade everything happen. else. I mean, this is very true. They have remade everything else. I don't think you can get a handle on it. It is no. like this. I mean, that's, I think, if you go back and listen to our Phantasm episode, the reason that we all, I think, like, uh, recommended it so, yeah. was it's a unique movie. Mm-hmm. Good, bad. It's definitely like something that there's nothing else like it. No, you know? yeah, it's the purest true. form of indie filmmaking ever, too. That well, yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely very singular. Uh, mm-hmm. it and it's just fucking weird. But I guess that's the thing. I mean, does it make enough sense that audiences buy into it? I think this is by the time you get to Phantasm Two, Universal is laying some ground rules. Yeah. Mm. There needs to be a three X structure here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We need, you know, we need to dial back the dream logic a little They're bit. Like, you know? This is them pulling the card in the demonstration room. They whip it away, and it says narrative. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Step well, one. So, so how did he solve the problem of how do you follow up a, uh, uh, you know, a, a kind of abstract uh, horror mo- horror science fiction movie? Well, Phantasm ended with the tall man coming through the mirror and grabbing Mike. So the, it had a, it had like a Nightmare on Elm Street type cliffhanger ending, but now the tall man's going town to town and collecting like all the bodies from all the mortuaries and graveyards across the country. Right. If he's doing it in one place, because we established in the first one that he is enslaving them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this I remember from, from mm-hmm. the first one. So it only makes sense. On like an, another planet. Yes. Where they have a planetary door that looks like a tuning fork. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just vibro- it's yep. vibrating at that exact <clears throat> pitch to get you to another dimension, which are, are, are scientists trying this out? Like, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe this is, maybe, maybe you know, Don Coscarelli is like an astrophysicist genius, you know, and has figured out how to create portals in time. I hey, would know. How do you know that you're not living in the Hadron Collider? Like, uh, I don't, accident, I fucking don't, uh, alternate universe. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm gonna get high and think about that later. Mm-hmm. There you go. Whoa. It already happened. Mm-hmm. Right here we are. Um, well, he, he turns his, clone. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I can't prove that you're actually here, Sean. Exactly. Yeah, it's very true. None of the people listening can prove that we exist. Yes, we're just true. bits and bites on a okay uh, ones and zeros. So, now. Well, he turns it into a road movie. I guess mm-hmm. that's the thing. It has a linear plot progression. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and I think this is the, to the chagrin of Phantasm diehard fans. They recast Mike. Yeah, I was. That was another reason I put off watching this movie. That felt disrespectful. And you knew this going in. Yeah, I knew that they recast him. Because, and it's always something that gets brought up at conventions and stuff. Uh, always. But he comes back for the third. Yes. Fourth yes. One. This is yeah. James Legros out after this. So right? why do we know why he didn't? Uh, yeah. Well, if you're gonna make a movie for a big studio, they're going to Me say. Well, it, it's not even that because James Legros wasn't a star at that point. They just wanted. I think they wanted him to recast both Reggie and Mike, and he was able to say, well, you got to have Reggie, and made a a strong enough case for Reggie, but he lost uh, the case for uh, Mike. Uh, His real name was Mike um, Baldwin. Mike Baldwin. Baldwin. Thank you. And I I don't know if he was like a currently working actor or in SAG or whatever. I'm sure you could, you know, get into Mm -hmm. the Screen Actors Guild, but he said that he even screen tested him for the role that he originated. (laughs) Got an audition for your old job? That's bullshit. You know who else auditioned for this movie? I saw the trivia, but it was almost too ridiculous to believe. Is it true? It's true. What are you hearing? Brad Pitt. (laughs) Ah, for Mike? For Mike. Okay, so Brad Pitt. I want to jump into this parallel universe (laughs) where he did get cast as Mike and see what his career's like now. See, yeah, now that uh, Marvel is ruining me, because now I want multiverses of, like, where's the Brad Pitt phantasm (laughs) to? Right? That would be amazing. We can go back and watch Cutting Class, the slasher movie with Brad Pitt that he did before uh, Thelma and Louise. Mm -hmm. We shall see. Thelma and Louise was his breakout movie, but mm-hmm. apparently he did audition because um, Brad Pitt told, or no, sorry, uh, somebody like met, uh, was it Brad Pitt, like Jennifer Aniston, or dated Jennifer Aniston, knew Jennifer Aniston, mm-hmm. and she said that Brad had auditioned for Phantasm, and Coscarelli's like, I don't remember this at all. And so he went back and got the audition tapes and went through them. And sure enough, Brad Pitt like came in. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I wonder if I could look it up online and see his audition tapes. I don't think he ever, I don't ever think he uploaded. Damn, Brad I want to see like, that. Don't. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. So there you go. You almost had a Brad Pitt in the lead of Phantasm oh, 2. What his career be like now? I yeah. know. I know. He might be like my favorite actor ever if that happened. If I lived in that <laughs> parallel universe, you know? Well, and this one, you got James LeGrow. What? He's the fine. Star of House. Fine. I don't know. Um, He's serviceable. He, um, I guess, uh, well, I mean, they said that, you know, like you can't have Mike Baldwin, but Mike Baldwin was able to, like when they made uh, Phantasm 3 and 4 and Ravager, they brought back Mike Baldwin and uh, Jody. Oh, yeah, that guy. What's his name? Is it like Jody Pearson? That doesn't sound right. Don't know. I'll, Jody, I'll look up Jody Thornbury. Brother? Bill Thornbury. Bill Thornbury. <laughs> there you go. Is, yes. Uh, he plays Jody. He plays mm-hmm. Jody. Right. The brother. Yeah. Yes. Comes back as a ghost. Ah. Yep. Oh, very Star Wars. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. movie borrows from Star Wars. It borrows from a lot of things. Would, but Would you be surprised to know that there are more silver spheres in the, in the third and the fourth no, one? No, Ooh. I'm not. Do they just keep multiplying? There is yeah. a scene I remember where like they walk into a room and there's like a whole cloud of them like hanging up in the corner of a room. Um, and the fourth one is kind of interesting. 
because he uses um, outtakes from the first Phantasm. Because the first Phantasm wasn't. Didn't we talk about it? like he, he? They shot that over like multi, many years. weekends yes. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That took a while to do. Mm-hmm. So right. and they kind of made it in the editing room, mm-hmm. which is also kind of adds to its disjointed kind of. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but so for the fourth movie, they went, he went back and found like all these outtake scenes that were not used and used like a alternate timeline or flashbacks and stuff. Uh, so you actually get to see young Reggie, young Mike, young Jody and scenes you hadn't seen before. Okay. Um, okay. So, so we're just going to have to go with, we got James Legro mm-hmm. and he's in a mental institution at the beginning of this mm-hmm. movie, because that's how you have to start these things out. Right. Yep. With your protagonist saying. I'm fine. I don't believe that this happened. Yeah. It never happened. I'm good now. It makes sense, though. This kid doesn't have any legal guardians or anything. You know, at the end of Phantasm, like, it's him and Reggie, but then he starts seeing the tall man again. So it makes sense that this would happen to this character, I think. But what I don't understand is he gets out of the institute. Okay. I'm saying I don't understand. And it's a Phantasm movie, so you're just going to have to ride with this. <laughs> but right. he meets Red. He So he gets out of the institution. He's cured. Right. And he meets Reggie again. And while he's digging up graves and like, look, no, there's no one in any of these graves. The tall man's been here. Uh, and Reggie's like, Mike, you're not talking about that tall man stuff again. Your therapist told you it was all in your mind. This is a Fright Night 2 situation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Reggie, don't you remember? Like, you blew up your own goddamn house. You know, mm-hmm. this is the exact <laughs> way these lines are delivered in the beginning of this movie as well. Yeah. A Ted. Dilted. Oh, it's a little. It's a little awkward getting back into this movie. Yeah. Feels. I mean, just feels like just the way it's shot and set up. It feels very. I don't know. It feels very basic. It feels very like what did we say a decade ago? Right. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's where we pick up where we left off ten years later. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because it it actually does start like right where the last movie. Yeah. Uh, concluded. Which I thought was really cool. I actually really liked that. Yeah, <laughs> with Reggie playing guitar by the fire. Yeah. yeah, it should be right. Yeah. And he has to rescue Mike as, and then he ends up blowing up his own house. So the first of uh, two explosions and um, then the second explosion, because I didn't know that Reggie had like a wife and kids in the end. Yeah. What was that? And- I that came out of nowhere. Yeah, that was just like he, he's just telling a story. It's like, yeah, they baked a turkey and everything. And they're, they, we don't even meet these people and they're blown up and gone. Yeah. In the second explosion, which Mike foretells, because Mike has been gifted with some kind of foresight of 30 seconds. Yeah. So what's going on here with Mike? Didn't they, didn't they lay the groundwork for this? And they were first one. I thought, wasn't there some parts of him and the fortune teller's daughter having psychic connections towards the end? Fortune teller's daughter. Jesus. I don't know. Yeah. So just remember, I don't yeah. No, I mean, the it old goes fortune in teller who never he, talks. He went to the fortune teller. Remember? And then he stuck his hand in the box. Just like Dune. Uh huh. Yeah. Remember? All she does and is she, cackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. The daughter yeah. does all the talking. Yeah. But then they yeah. rescue them at the end and yep. they're in the car and mm-hmm. the car flips over. I remember that. Yep. It flips yep. over yep. and then we get mm-hmm. the dwarves coming yeah. in. And, yeah. 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 Okay, but there's always been some kind of psychic connection we've yes. established in yep. the Phantasm movies. Mm-hmm. Mike is somehow able to communicate with the tall man and vice versa. Yep. We don't know what makes that relationship so special that of all the humans on the planet Earth, somehow Mike shares this connection with the tall man. It's very Dracula. It's like the Shining. Yeah, that Dracula, yeah. It's very Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's never explained even in this movie. Nope. No, I mean, you know, when there's... This much mustard finger. 
certain stuff you just gotta let go. There's more mustard finger? More mustard there's finger. A lot of less, mustard not, finger. Not, there's less flies and bugs and stuff, which mm-hmm. I kind of missed. I forgot about from the first movie. Then we get that whole fly thing. Mm-hmm. And the little box. And the, yeah. Wow, what a weird movie. <laughs> the mustard finger turned into the fly thing. It did. Yep. It did. Yeah, but this one, you got a parasite growing on the, or whatever, coming out of the back of... Uh, oh, this one's significantly more gross. Yeah. That, like, this, this movie cool. got gory as fuck compared to the first one. This is what feels like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street having a little influence mm-hmm. in this. Uh, even Hellraiser. Yeah. Like, this feels Hellraiser-ish, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, yeah, it really is, like, it's, it's still its own thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Very it much. really is, like, influenced by everything else around it. Right. Which I right? think, like, during this time in the 80s and a lot of stuff, I think it, it happened a lot. It's not to, I feel I think like, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I know that, like, directors do a lot of, like, tips of the hat to other filmmakers who were working during that time. I think that was what was kind of cool about the 80s. Like, yeah. you know, everybody was kind of paying homage to everybody yeah, else. Yeah, this is why Freddy's glove ends up in, like, Evil Dead yeah. one or two mm-hmm. at some point and stuff like that. Everyone's doing nods to each other. And, you know, I think it was a bunch of, uh, it's a bunch of um artists who you know probably felt a kinship with one another with these projects that kept coming out especially like you look at sam raimi i mean sam raimi's uh kind of name dropped in this movie yeah considering he's uh he's beaten to a pulp actually in his cameo in this movie his bones are being ground up so reggie Reggie feels very ash williams in this movie and his vibe and the way he presents himself and yes, i'm not much. complaining but it's noticeable right. yeah because he is, it is cool what they do with reggie and the whole like uh post rambo post aliens he's ripley he's ash you know they're trying to make like a, another one of those yes. you know mm-hmm. characters um but there are you know like he coscarelli stealing shots from evil dead mm-hmm. yeah like there's some it the camera work is very it there's some Yes, like you said, very similar. Well, there's the the ball crashing through the the, the doors as they the uh, James Legrone and Liz are closing the doors. Bam! The you know the yep. cameras with the ball crashing fast, through fast them. Fast moves in, uh, turns. Um, I mean, even the the handheld is a little bit like what's in Evil Dead. There's a lot of handheld in this movie. There's a character. Was it a mort? Uh, he was like a mortician, a mortician's assistant, or whatever. One of the ghoulish undertakers. Uh, one of the twins. Yeah. That he gets a ball, one of the, the silver spheres like burrows into his back and then up inside him. And that he's like slammed against the walls and all that stuff. And that felt very Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Evil Dead 2, yeah. Give me back my hand. Yeah. yeah. That whole scene. That's it. It's what it felt like. Yeah. yeah. So he's going for the comedy. There was a lot of comedy in this movie, but are we saying it was intentional? I think so. Based yeah. on Reggie's face, they're trying, yes. Yeah. For intentional comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was pretty goofy. At some it's goofy. Moments, yeah. There's a goofy moment where Mike real so he has so okay so Mike has a psychic connection with a lady named or sorry she's 19 years old we're told <laughs> uh Liz Liz yeah right um who's well I'm trying to get to that scene where they're like it, laying in bed together and kind of <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh she starts talking to him in voiceover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like The Shining. Yeah, and they're like shining back and forth smile to each other. On his face. Yeah. He's like, you can do it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. it's like, is this like? Because it was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. His reactions, like your lips aren't moving. Yeah, and she's like, well, you can, you can do it too. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, is yep. this supposed to be this funny? 
I don't know. Uh, I don't, <laughs> or that's an yeah. accident. I know there is intentional comedy. I don't know that that was intentional. Right. But it's very funny. So the movie is going to basically uh, inspire the TV show Supernatural. That's what I have decided. Uh, You're 100% correct. It is a direct uh, continuation. And how does it do that? Well, I mean, we've got the uh, the Hemikuda. We've mm-hmm. got a, a nice old muscle car in this. We've got two dudes running around with, uh, uh, you know, a trunk full of weaponry. Mm-hmm. Shotguns uh, specifically get yes. used on supernatural a lot yeah so okay. yeah i have never seen supernatural so i'm <laughs> sean there's only 15 seasons I, why not I jump in at any point <laughs> so I'm, I'm i don't know what I'm, I'm grasping here but i think it it feels like it fits like and they're going around and they're trying to hunt down uh, supernatural beings mm-hmm. and send them to hell yeah because you really do have that like uh the yeah i mean especially because it's like a brotherly thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. don cosgrilly should get like a Characters and, by or story by credit, credit yeah, some, yeah, like Aaron yeah. Cougar gets on screens now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a uh, um, and yeah, we were saying before that there's a they've upped the ante in, in the weaponry. So yes. and and so it also adds to like character weaponry. design. Yeah. So what are we what are we getting? What- oh, this is one of my favorite parts is the when they go to the store and and like it's like a scene in a video game where you go to your workbench and create your own custom weaponry. <laughs> That's basically what they do. So Mike gets like a three tank flamethrower with a welder's mask which a little dorky well, a little on the dorky side but I mean, yeah a little bit Is yeah. like a flamethrower that the welder's helmet kind of just kills the, the look. flamethrower looks cool yeah yeah but it, it has that i guess maybe yeah it has that look it's like okay if you got the other guys doing his thing this guy's in a welder's helmet yeah flamethrower yeah and then reggie's got a four barrel a quadruple shotgun that's right take that ripley yeah she <laughs> tied a flamethrower and a whatever the pulse rifle together yes. but not reggie yeah and he actually welded them together too yeah. like the, i love this montage of them just like weldering and soldering and just making their shit i love it mm-hmm. yeah so, you know, we end up with a pointed four-barreled shotgun mm-hmm. yeah why does he do that i don't know because you're right we needed a scene where he stabs somebody with that fucking thing. Yeah, and he stabs them and then shoots them and they go flying off. He could do that with a dwarf easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, I didn't understand why there was a point. It looks cooler. I'll mm-hmm. give him that. But mm-hmm. Well, it's like his ash weapon, right? Because yes. Ash had the chainsaw on his hand, which yep. is damn cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot so of Reggie's chainsaws got- in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. We got a lot of chainsaws. A lot of chainsaws. And a chainsaw versus chainsaw fight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that takes place uh, in between one of the Undertakers and Reggie. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, how many times have I seen that? Where you have like a guy with the chainsaw. We've seen like, it a lot on this show. I'll tell yeah, you that. That's true. This has got to be the fourth or fifth time we've seen it. Because like, it was Texas Chainsaw 2. Motel yeah. Hell. Motel Hell. Yeah. Mandy. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Mandy wasn't. Yeah, but we've seen it in Mandy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We didn't do Mandy. Not here. Okay. So no. now even I'm losing track. <laughs> yeah. But we've seen it a lot in life. Yeah. Even. In chainsaw fights. Yes. Um, so this, uh, the quadruple barreled shotgun is never really put to, the whole time. It's so disappointing. It's set up for one gag it's, and the gag is good, the but gag is good. they could have kept it going. They could have kept that gag going. Yeah. Especially, like, I thought for sure they introduced this little tiny baby coffin that has a drop-down wall, and then three of the, the killer spheres come out. Mm. And I was like, okay, there's three of those, there's four barrels on the shotgun, so he's going to hit all three of those at once, and the fourth one's going to hit the tall man, and that's right. how this movie's going to end. 
No. <laughs> it's not what happens. It's no. for four dwarves that are well, on the stairs. My question, did he only bring four shells? He's got a whole he's bandolero the, around him. He's got the two bandoleros on yeah, full of bandolero ammo. bandolero has like uh, drill got, bits. He's got drill bits and shotgun shells. Okay. They're more. He uses that drill way more than that shotgun, man. Yeah, I he know. does. I was kind of disappointed. Uh, well, I was very disappointed. Mike tells him when they're on their shopping spree at the... Because all the towns that they go to that the tall man has been to are like bombed out you know mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic yes, towns boarded up yeah we always know this because there's a rusted out car with like all the doors open that's been totally stripped down like parked out and plants of- growing in it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i think they passed a car that's similar to there it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're next yeah mm-hmm. and uh so they go through this old uh the thing and we're like okay there's, this there's a hitchhiker at some point well yeah but the the the, the weaponry is going to pay off in some in mm-hmm. some fashion that they're they're not going to be drilling holes in everybody or flamethrowing right. everybody. I don't know. Did Mike actually flamethrower anyone? I know at some point he flamethrowered a, 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 a fireplace to light it. To light yes. it. Yes, <laughs> that was great. It was. A, wasn't that a cut too? Yes, that was yeah. which made it even better. Just like cut to. And you think he's taken down something? And no, he was. Yeah, did he, the fireplace? Did he flamethrower? He anybody? lit the building on fire yeah. at the end, but I don't remember him flamethrowing everybody. But there's no fire stunt with a guy say, like. Yeah. yeah, we got yeah. we got budget for explosions, but like we can't really set anybody on fire. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, and the uh, the quadruple barrel shotgun only comes into play, I think, in one scene, which it was designed for, I suppose, where Reggie's being attacked by four dwarves on yeah. a stairs, and he with one shot. Shoots all four of them, and we're like, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, but then he literally throws the gun down and walks out of the room. I after know. That. Like, like every the- audience who sees this goes, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, it's yeah. like well, I wanted more. Right. Yeah. Plus, uh, and he should be like, he had a handle for it on the front. Now I know this is a uh, what should we call it? Um, it's not a pump shotgun, mm-hmm. but next time he should have like four pump. Yeah, that-, <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Well, it seems to me in the other movies, he does come out with even more like outlandish weaponry. Does he? I, yeah. Okay. I mean, so that becomes like trend. a thing. Yeah. Okay. And Reggie basically, I think, is elevated to like the main, you know, Did the ice cream the... truck come back at all? I was sad it wasn't in this one. It, it does in those flashbacks right. in the in the fourth one. Um, they should just be driving the ice cream truck around instead. Yeah, right. Have, That's yeah. a good vehicle. Yeah. What, what? Instead of the Hemi. Yeah, because, I mean, if you really want to be... I mean, I guess it's not covert, but I was like, if you see it, <laughs> no, it's, it's not covert, but like, right. if you I see mean, an ice cream truck, you're not going to like think about it the same way. You see a Hemi Cuda coming down, you're going to look, you know? Yeah. Well, that's very true. Plus, like we said, like, it's a very sneaky Hemi Cuda. I don't yeah. think the sneakiness level, I think, is the same because that uh, ice cream sound would just be going off all the time. Right. Yeah. I have a feeling. It, yeah. it was just such a part of his identity in the first movie, and then in this one, it's not even referenced. It's like, you couldn't even have him in the outfit for a scene or something. Well, they do reference that he's, you used to be an ice cream. You're yeah. a 47-year-old yeah, middle-aged ice cream vendor. <laughs> I'm a 19-year-old kid. What are we doing? Just like, it's not a good time to have a crisis of confidence, sir. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is the only guardian you have left in your life also, so maybe, you know, come some slack. This is some drama in the middle of mm-hmm. our movie. Family drama. Um, The Hemi Cuda. Mm-hmm. Is I think synonymous with Phantasm movies. It's one of like the most famous mm-hmm. like movie cars. It's synonymous with Nash Bridges. Is it? <laughs> well, he drives a Hemi Cuda. Does he really? Oh yeah, one of like is <laughs> like they only made twenty five of them. So yeah, I didn't know you were such a Nash Bridges I, expert. <laughs> I am forced to watch it. <laughs> okay, but I have that seen a lot sense. of it. But there is like I mean, car people kind of go nuts for that yeah. car. Oh yeah, because. Mm-hmm. The way I understood it, because I'm like, what the hell is the Hemi Cuda? 
because there was the Plymouth Barracuda, mm-hmm. but for like only three Ooh, years or something cool. like that, they made yes. the like you could get them with these crazy you know engines in them, and I think the V8 Hemi was like. 470 horsepower you know like yeah. could take you to the moon that's why you're like yeah the sneaky hemi and like you can't be sneaky in that <laughs> no. car i like that it sneaks up because that feels like an evil dead thing too doesn't it like the evil dead car yeah. seems like it yeah. would sneak up on somebody i wish you know? there was a switch he would have flipped that just like hemi could it down well sneak I, mode yes yeah, yeah really just labeled like that like yeah psh. switches on the dash that he stealth can, mode yep. well the thing i was trying to confirm but couldn't uh on the joe bob briggs uh last driving show when he did uh, phantasm three they were talking about so he had talked with a, a hemi collector okay who said and this is why i can't confirm it that the hemi the, the 71 hemi cuda that you see doing the the stunt in this movie and landing on his top was destroyed uh, was a real hemicuda of which there were like 13 yeah, <laughs> made yeah. that year <laughs> right now, but I, when i looked it said there were three used in the movie three actual hemis and then there were other that were uh you know faked up to, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. To, to be destroyed so that was a fake one so uh, apparently i haven't listened to the commentary track with don coscarelli uh off the the blu-ray but he doesn't mention you know that we destroyed a, a an yeah. actual hemicuda. <laughs> Did they do that in the first one too? The first one, it's not actually a hemicuda. This okay. is the other thing. That's because mm-hmm. we've seen a movie before where we're like they destroyed a hemicuda. Well, I was having flashbacks to Christine when they actually legitimately yeah, destroyed that did, car, right? yeah. and it's hard. It is the it is a torture theory. porn movie for cars. <laughs> it is hard to watch. Yeah, like because I think there was like twenty. Did we say there was twenty five? Uh, mm-hmm. Plymouth Furies mm-hmm. and Christine, several a number of which were just st- annihilated, <laughs> just yeah. destroyed. That one scene where they take the baseball bats and knives to the seats and everything. God, that's hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was audible gas. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. don't do it. But in the, I guess in the first Phantasm, they it was a you know, it wasn't the seventy one. Mm-hmm. They had faked it to make it look like an older model and mm-hmm. you know Good put the trims yeah. on it and all that stuff. You go to any horror convention where there's a Phantasm person. A third to a half of people in line are going to be holding the Phantasm Hemi Cuda collectible mm, car nice. and get that signed. That's like what all the diehards have. And yeah. there's not, those are even really hard to come by nowadays. I know. I think yeah. that car goes for like millions of dollars. Mm, no, you know? I'm it's sure. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, street legal at 470 horsepower. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That'd be cool to have that little Hemi Cuda signed by. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. And I saw like a car show that Don Coscarelli did with the Hemi. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, but the other thing, so aside from the Hemi Cuda. I mean, yeah. I paid this summer to meet the station wagon from Halloween. Uh, so I'll pay to meet the, I'll pay I'll a lot you, of money to see. You shake hands with the door and it's like, well, it's finally. No, nice I just stood you. next to it and they took me, they took a picture with me and Nick Castle. They're like, it, don't so. touch it. And, well, yeah, they really were because the first day of the convention, they were allowing people to sit in the driver's seat and take a picture. Who fucked it up? That lasted one day Who and they took that up? away. Uh, and so I'm like, yep, someone spilled it yeah, or uh, something. No. So That's if I would have gone the first day, I could have sat in it. But since I went later in the weekend, I ruined my it chance. for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that episode of Jay Leno's Garage with Charlie Sheen? Oh, no. As the turbo interceptor. I was like, I can't say I've ever seen any episode of Jay Leno's Garage. So That exists? Yeah. He does an episode on, it's the episode on cult cars, and Charlie Sheen gets, he gets Charlie Sheen back in a turbo interceptor, uh-huh. the Dodge turbo interceptor from the Wraith. Well, fuck Well, me. now I, I need to watch this, this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I had no idea. Oh, How yeah. are you going to drop that on me right now? <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. That's um, what Sean and I are going to watch when we go home yeah. today. Like, 
Well, there's great. There's also iconic. Uh, there's well, there's two. There's obviously the tall man and the silver sphere. Mm-hmm. Yes, which we all remember from the first uh, Phantasm. That's movie. the most memorable scene of that first movie by it far. Is. Why? Because how many times do you see shit like that? You see a sphere flying at someone's head and then drilling into it. And then they piss themselves when they die, too. Everyone forgets about that. Phantasm, you see that guy piss himself when that he dies. That is true. I forgot about Does that. he or is that his yellow blood? No, he has no. Like red blood coming he, flying out yeah, of Yeah, no, yeah. you see, like, there's a shot where Michael Baldwin's, like, sitting with his back up against the wall, like, scared, looking at the legs of the guy. And you just see the stream of piss come down the floor. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But this is, a. Uh... This sphere, man, like it digs into you, it drills into you. These ones have upgrades, it, and then it squirts everything out. Yeah, what was the upgrade on this one? It's got this a little buzz saw on the end of it. It was like double ended, and one was just the prongs that we know that, and then the drill. But the other one was like, yeah, like a little circular saw that just like yeah, would that buzzed trip. off the pre-sear, which yeah. is cool. <laughs> God, that was gross. Like that, that would really fucking hurt, right? It was. But then the other one, because there's 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 three. One of them, of course, is the gold one. Isn't that's the like, boss one, right? Is yeah. it? Yeah. I mean that's what you because yeah. it has a fucking laser that so, <laughs> yeah it's all of them are like they can do other shit they've got mm-hmm. rotary saw blades oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah come out of them so they can tunnel into people or through mm-hmm. they can burn their way through doors uh so I, I guess it's just cool yeah it is cool, it is cool. I like it. like I'm curious to see what other upgrades it has over the movies if yeah. if it does they they keep on upgrading them yeah mm-hmm. what else do they do I can't remember. I just can, remember. Them. Apparently, can take down buildings at some point, Sean. Yeah, so. but that's the giant. I remember yeah. there being more and more of them. Like a swarm. Re- yeah, they're, they're I imagine swarms. they're like piranha. If they swarmed around a yeah. person, they'd be yeah, a yeah, skeleton yeah, yeah, would yeah, come yeah, out. Yeah, Although now I'm just thinking stuff. of critters. But yeah, yeah. Um, they move as like a unit. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's back. But I mean, basically, we're getting this. It's the same scenes that you saw in that it first is. one, just repeated. I mean, not repeated like too much, but. You get several of like somebody running down a hallway, right? And we're the in a mausoleum, or we're in a yeah, whatchamacallit. an uglier mausoleum than it the is. first one. The other one was like a nice white and gray marble, and that's what made it so scary is that it was so like like an Apple store, so stark and sleek, you know. And, <laughs> and then blood yeah, trouble. this is more of a yellow blood too, yeah. mustard blood, mustard blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people who get uh, attacked by the silver spheres. Well, there's the one. There's a priest character who's kind of peripheral to the plot. Yeah, what's his? He's he's having a big problem. He knows he's there. The tall man. The, he knows the tall man's there. Well, he just he's like confessing to God, like I can't put up with you know the things that I've seen. I can't do this anymore. Oh. So he stabs a corpse at a funeral. And the yeah. guy's wife is there. Why right. does he stab the corpse? Now that we're past it, does the corpse then bleed yellow? So right so because just, okay. somehow the tall man is. Well, I guess it's established by the first movie. Is this one expanding on the the or clarifying what's happening? I feel like, yeah, I yeah. think so. I think it's saying that because like there's that line at the end of Phantasm where Mike's like, oh, they're like dwarfs because of the gravity, like crunches them down or whatever. Right. But this one, we're seeing that he actually like embalms them with like the yellow blood to put them in the planet, yeah. right? Maybe. To put them in the barrels. To put them in the barrels, which the go barrels to the planet. The pl- yes. Yeah. Yeah, but he does smush them before they go to the planet. Yeah. Yes, that's how we get the dwarves. Yeah. Which I, I don't like that you see the dwarf faces in this one. Because the first one, they were just, they were like yeah. Jawas, basically. Yeah. And maybe that's why they did it, because they look like Jawas. Right. But... I kind of liked it. Yeah, to separate them. This one, mm-hmm. they have rubber mask faces. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. Universal can't It felt very it. leprechaun to me, and I, that's yeah. why I didn't like about it. 
I, I bet you that is a, a stylistic mm-hmm. choice just to se- further separate themselves from from the Star Wars. Right. Um, and also, oh I guess, in this, so the tall man is also back, uh, Angus Scrim. A lot more. Yes. yes. Than he? in the first, yeah. It's, it's a lot more I screen like time in the first one. a lot one. more in this one. Because I was sitting there going, like, he doesn't really have, like, a whole lot of screen time. Well... He's got a lot more in this one. Than the first one. Yeah, because in the first one, a lot of times it's like the Lady in Lavender and like, you know, or like just him in the photograph. It's a lot of like little pieces to the puzzle before you really fully get. Like, I mean, you see him at the mortuary at the beginning, picking up the casket and stuff, yeah. but it's just little scenes like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this one, he gets to deliver a line that I was like, as we were sitting here watching, I'm like, is this the one where he says like, you, when you die, you think you'll go to heaven. Yeah. Come, come to, to us. us. That was yeah. a good line. That was, that was good. a good yeah. line. I like that line. I think that was in the trailer. Yeah. The the I remember the trailers, the ad campaign for this movie when I was a kid. I remember mm-hmm. the ball is back and be like, oh, "What?" Because I hadn't yep. seen the first one. I'm like, "What the hell are they talking ball? about?" Yeah. Um. So Angus Scrum is back doing the same mm-hmm. shtick that he did in the first movie. Uh, he has a screen presence. Uh, yes. That's like a, the big thing. He doesn't look like he's aged at all between these movies, right? Because they got him his yeah. hair he cut looks, again. Yeah. I was going to say, remembering what he looked like in the first one, he kind of looks, he definitely has an age. Kind of looks a little younger. Yeah. Like, the makeup was, job is better or something. Maybe, yeah. Oh, he's got mm-hmm. the purple lips and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, he's dead. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that they didn't bring back the Lady in Lavender like right. persona, but... She I, comes back in the later ones. Oh, but it makes sense uh. that they didn't because Mike and them had all figured out that that was like his glamour. Yeah. So it makes sense that he would ditch it. And do something else, right? And it was like right. a glamour was... aimed at like Jody and right. uh, Tommy. And, right. Uh, there yeah. was cemetery sex in the first one. Yeah, yeah. there was. That's that how was it the started. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is the tall man in disguise. Mm-hmm. Right. In this one, I don't right. think he disguises himself as anybody because they're like Universal is like, no, just be clear. Damn it. What's <laughs> right. going on? No, but yeah, we're we do... Universal. Monsters. Yeah. Yes. Singular monsters is what we need. And we do get like some puppets and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. some yeah. gory, some goo and things exploding out of people's faces and eyes exploding and yeah. stuff like that. It gets gross. Yeah. The little, the little like spine monster that comes out of Liz's back that looks like Angus Scrim. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that was I very like unexpected. Because that. that first movie did not have any body horror elements like not that like at all. That. No, yeah. no, not this like that. This is Mark Showstrom, the mm-hmm. makeup effects guy. Uh, did From this beyond. One. Yeah. You can tell because there's that part where that tendril comes out of the tall man's forehead and that looked just like the, what was the gland and... Yeah, the, the pineal gland. Yeah, and from oh, beyond, yeah, yeah uh, it was exactly like that. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. his head boner. Well, yeah, this... they got bit off also, just like this movie got ripped off. It was the same thing. Damn. Gross. Trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does does the idea that there's some kind of alien insect living inside the tall man change your, uh, your, your impression of the tall man? He's not really. Alien. No. No, You're because like... he's already taken other forms, you know? Yeah. So, not really. Okay. I miss the little gags, like, in the first one, there's that scene where Mike's at, like, that antique store, and he looks at the photo of the tall man in the carriage, and he turns and looks at him. Like, I miss the little subtle things like that, you know? I know it's a sequel, you gotta do it bigger and better, but... I I got from that sequence in the first one that, like, the tall man had been around forever. He's timeless. Yeah. Like Pennywise. Right. Because I think maybe Stephen King ripped that off, you know, from when he wrote uh, uh, It. Mm -hmm. But, um... This was, but but now we're saying that like the tall man has been actually going, you know, across the country, town to town, drying them up, enslaving, enslaving, you know, taking mm-hmm. everybody, you know, basically to the cemetery and then off to his planet. So our heroes are on this road trip, 
to try and uh, stop him, they do have, uh, we are introduced to Horny Reggie. Was, <laughs> yes. Which is a running thing. Which makes thing. him ash. This is the ash personality, right? You yeah. Know, I was like, say, do we get is Reggie Horny for the rest of this? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's always <laughs> Reggie involved in strange sex with some hot chick okay. that he picks up on. Uh, uh, I'm not I mad think, at it. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. Well, this one's uh, Samantha Phillips. Uh, she was a penthouse uh, pet, I guess not okay. playmate, pet, mm-hmm. yep. and was also then on, I think she had a couple of TV series where she was the host of, and you know, all this. Um, uh, was she a VJ? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure not, what but. show. It was on HBO or something like that, but um, she's just weird. She Her name is uh, Alchemy, yes. right? And this is a hitchhiker that they pick up. Because <laughs> it's so, it feels so fucking hippy dippy. It's like, it does. hey, this is alchemy. Yeah. Picked mm-hmm. it up on the way over. No, they, yeah. She's always just Kemi. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah. For the rest of the movie. But at some point, we do get like uh, clothed, semi clothed, uh, crazy rodeo sex with. Yeah. She <laughs> with was Reggie. a corpse at one point, too, right? Yeah, yeah she was. Yep. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike sees her as like a corpse in. Uh, an, er- an early mortuary, yes. which I is think. like with it, we were talking about this when we were watching it. But this is one of my favorite tropes in movies: is someone's just walking around a hospital or a building, and all of a sudden they walk past a room that's all windows, and it's the morgue. And you can just happen to see an embalming or a body on a table, like the morgues are just out in the open. Yep, you know. Yeah, and as we time. talked about it, that's in Hall- Halloween Kills even <laughs> has a scene like that. Like yes. it's. Tale as old as time. You just turn a corner and boom, there's bodies in a morgue. Maybe well, they need it for like teaching purposes. Like everyone gather around so you can all look in as we embalm. Yeah, because they don't have that like, you know, the, the ceiling. Yeah, the it's all windows. Uh, yeah. window, yeah. the yeah. ceiling for all the students to look in. Yeah. But this movie, this is one of the things I guess that I noticed about it. It's like it follows the process of, of what happens to a body after it goes to the morgue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the uh, ultimately to the crematorium, like we yes. see all the devices used for embalming, uh, used for uh, pulverizing uh, bones, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, which uh, is just a meat tenderizer, all the way down to like here it goes in the bag, and this is to be delivered in an urn. You know, what I mean, <laughs> like it's yep. like wow, this is how we uh, we end up. That's what we do. With people, yeah, <laughs> bless those people who do it, man, because. This does not seem like an easy job. So, but apparently Don Coscarelli says that a lot of people at conventions come up to him and tell him that because of his movies, they've gone into uh, work in embalming. Good. I'm sure we need a lot. <laughs> I'm sure we actually need people for that. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a weird, way to start a career. But yeah. How did you get into doing this? Well, I saw Phantasm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, "No, I've never heard of Phantasm because yeah. most people haven't." So. And then you just shove yeah. a silver ball into their head. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, now you have. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It should be just playing on TVs and all <laughs> morgues all over the place, right? That's mm-hmm. the the morgue movie, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's also that night, and body bags. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Night, night watch or whatever. Okay. Uh, oh, the and the autopsy of, of Jane Doe. Yeah. Wait, uh, see, Colin, we could program a whole like all night horrorathon of the movies at the morgue. morgue. You know, <laughs> the mortuary. Yeah. What was it? The the new thing with Clancy Brown that uh, the anthology. The mortuary, oh yeah. Tale mm-hmm. Academy. What the fuck was it? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. So the main. Like, but Mike also has a girlfriend, and this is the girl that he's psychically connected mm-hmm. to yes. somehow, Liz. And this wasn't supposed to be the fortune teller's daughter, was it? I wonder. Because they look similar. They have some like it. If they were going to do that, they should have made that more obvious. 
was it rewritten, you think? I don't know. Like, you couldn't get her either, and so like, okay, fine, we'll just come up with a new part. It's, it seems like the same character, you I know? I don't really get, like, because she's not exposed to the events of the first movie, but she's dreamed of them, and yeah. so... She's dreamed of them, And she's does beautiful of sketches of the, beautiful, all these yeah, events. The yeah. yeah, and she knows that the tall man is out there, and eventually her destiny leads her to the tall man, and mm-hmm. she's in love with Mike. Because she sees him in visions, and we find right. out he sees her in visions, and they meet up, and it's a meet cute, mm-hmm. and they're like, "I love you!" Like right off the bat, mm-hmm. and they can talk to each other in their minds, and then they ultimately have a showdown with the tall man because she's captured, and he has to rescue her. What a love story! From the because uh, there was twice, right? Mm-hmm. The, she gets taped up, yeah, a couple times. There was, oh no, we found her. Well, she was almost going to be cremated. Right. Yes, and she got out of that. And then she was almost going to be embalmed yep. with the hydrochloric acid that Reggie had thought to put in the embalming fluid, which yes. is ultimately used to distort, destroy and dispatch the tall man. Which is very cool. Which is like that's I want someone to see someone melt from the inside. Mm-hmm. I like that. This Those are effects works I want to see. Gross. There. Yeah. Like because he's because, you know, he's got uh, mustard blood. So he's just he's yellow. But everything else about him is like pretty realistic except yeah the yellow yeah. mustard blood like and the tissue under the skin was really yeah. gross and his skin's getting like pulled off his yeah hands and it's stuff like, like that, that. that that stuff that you used to see well i mean like in fright night or whatever like oh, yeah. when people would melt you know yeah. it's like and uh, you know because i noticed when the the priest gets the head drill thing the the mpaa cut obviously like yep. the long blood spurting uh, mm-hmm. out of the but with the tall man they did it because it's yellow and right. they're yeah. like that's yeah, yellow it's not it doesn't look like blood so we yep. can do it yes so you get full on. Yeah, he gets his mm-hmm. own drill spike at the end of the sphere. They had Angus Grimm and some prosthetics and pull and like those like, uh, what's it called? Where you squeeze the little bladder? like, yeah, the bladder and it bladder. comes out. Yeah, they yeah. had a lot of those on him and stuff. It looks great. And I did not expect that from a Phantasm movie. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got rid of him at the end. It's like, it's over. Mm-hmm. They, they ah! blew him up. They're all mm-hmm. like, we're happy that, that we got him. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out. I didn't, didn't get him. Didn't get him mm-hmm. after all, because it's a phantasm movie. And you have to have the psych out. But I don't understand that because <laughs> does Sam, it make your movie pointless? Yeah. Well, does it? Okay. Uh, so this no. is the thing. Like now we hate these kind of like you know twist endings, and and well, you don't want to make it feel like nothing. You the hour and a forty five minutes you just sat through meant nothing. Like, like antlers. Not yeah, ruin the movie, yes, but, but yes, but yeah. you don't want to feel like, oh, everything I just watched is pointless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you try not to do that. But with mm-hmm. endings like this, I mean, how do we feel about that? I don't know, because every Nightmare on Elm Street movie had like an ending that basically implied to you that Freddy Krueger is still single. alive. Right. right. But it yes. wasn't lied. Mm-hmm. Aside from the first one, the first one has a bad ending. The original Nightmare on Elm it's Street. It's very bad. Yeah. And like it, it just that like mannequin going through that window it just looks so terrible yeah but it also implies that everything that nancy went through was like she's still dreaming and freddie's still around right. Like right. she didn't win she didn't beat him after right. all right the other ones i think all the subsequent nightmare on Elm streets for instance like she they do beat freddie but he still has a little bit of power to turn right. the lights on and model house or something like mm-hmm. that you right know? so it's like ooh, he's probably going to be back but this one has an ending that's like I mean, it looks like they kill Reggie. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because it turns out that uh, Alchemy. Oh, yeah. I forgot. We get back because Alchemy was told to just like, just go. We'll find you. Go 100 mm-hmm. miles. And then she, her car breaks down. She finds a hearse, takes that, which is. It's weird. I don't know if it was planned or not. 
Because she drives the hearse, picks them up after they set the whole place on fire, and then it's revealed uh, to Horny Reggie that she is possessed. She is the... She's something. Is she... But is the implication at the end of this movie that she's the, she tall, man the tall man? Yeah, he, yeah, I think so. And, like, the way it's revealed is she pulls a piece of her scalp off by her hair, and it's gross. It's like... Uh, it caught me like off guard. I was not like expecting it. in the faculty where, where she starts melting in the shower and... Yeah. She's, like, playing with her hair, and mm-hmm. all the yeah. side of her head comes off. He's like, ah! And then we just get Reggie, like, plastered up against the windows going, oh, God! And he's all bloody. Yep dumped and the car takes off and then apparently alchemy does become the tall man yep. mm-hmm. and this leaves uh um Mike. our heroes mike liz. and liz in the back of the hearse and like yeah because the yeah wait didn't the first one end like that or the first one had this exact scene the f- in the bedroom oh. No, but it had oh, it in the car the thing, with the um the car flipped over. The there psychic was woman wasn't there like somebody like reached in through the car while it was moving and pulled people out of it. Was this in the first it, movie? It, it flipped doors? over. Oh, okay. It flipped, but the movie ends yeah with him coming through the mirror in Mike's right, bedroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently, our heroes have been abducted. Reggie's out of commission. Mm-hmm. Is uh, he though? I have not seen any alive. other movies, but I assume he's. In- back in some capacity yeah they're all yeah. yeah everybody's back even the hemikuda I, I believe uh yeah how's the hemikuda can they just find another hemikuda no i can't remember i know there's a hemi yeah he drives the hemikuda mm-hmm. but i now it's, i don't it's like the evil dead it, car can survive anything apparently yeah. probably know they may just pick up randomly in the next movie mm-hmm. which yeah and they're just like yeah we, we kind of toy with the ending of how you know the the last one ended and we'll just start and the, the car is right. still fine. It, it is interesting that he didn't do something more final considering he didn't even want to make a second one. Yeah, I don't you think know? he knew there was going to be a third one. Right. It was just like, this was yeah. your second movie and boom, here you go. Because this was not financially successful. No. So, especially not compared to the first one. No, because again, I don't know, you know, I mean, I suppose that's what they were going off of, mm. that there was this large contingent of people. But 10 right. years later... You know, yeah. Or are those people <laughs> exactly? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do they still have disposable income? Do they still think fondly of this movie that they saw ten years ago? Wow. You know, that seems like a risk. Like mm-hmm. I can't wait to see another Phantasm movie. I mean, I guess you have the horror uh, fandom. You mm-hmm. know, would still turn out for it, and they did, but there's not enough of them. Mm-hmm. And Phantasm was relatively obscure to me. I remember as a kid, like I said, I didn't know it. I knew Jason, Freddie, Michael Myers, and those guys. But didn't know. Um, and I, I, to be honest, the, I didn't even really know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. during that period of time right, until yeah. um, Texas Chainsaw Two came out. And I was like, "Oh, what? What is this Texas Chainsaw Massacre?" Yeah, I always remember the silver balls, and I remember hearing Phantasm for the longest time, but I don't remember. Well, it has a really good theme too, so I feel like everybody's heard the theme song, but never necessarily seen the movie. You know, yeah. I hadn't even back then. Yeah, and then I saw the movie; it was on TV and edited to hell and incomprehensible. And I so bet. I like, yeah. <laughs> oh no! And the edited for TV version of Phantasm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Jesus. the whole cold open is cut out because there's nudity in that, so you probably don't even get the context for Tommy dying. You're no, just like, oh, was, what? A guy there. I don't know is dead. It was there, but it was so choppy that yeah. it didn't. Like you're like, what in the fuck? Well, I guess I got the idea there was a guy in a graveyard having sex with a woman who had a knife and she killed him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then she turned into the you know but then you're like what who's this thing yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. what's this yeah. old man yeah bring back the blonde yeah um well, i guess 
Do we, yeah, do we have any stray observations about this movie? Any scenes that you had? Any questions that you're... Cinematography was really good, I thought. It was, it was fun. really good. I like, know there's, uh, like we said, there was an influence from, you know, uh, Evil Dead 2 and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it was fun. But I really liked the scene when they were in the hotel room and they opened the blinds and through the hotel room window, you see the Cuda like on the edge of kind of like a cliff looking over like mm-hmm. the California mountains. And then they're having a conversation and they walk out of frame and come back in the frame on the other side of the window and get in the car and have the whole conversation while they drive off. Yeah, that, that was, was really good. nice. That was either good direction, staging or mm-hmm. cinematography. That was, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, did they build... Like the three wall set, <laughs> right? Yeah. right now, you know, Just so they could get it. that shot. It yeah. felt like it. I'm like, that's not really indoors. And the right. big, like, almost aerial shots of the car driving on the California highway and through the mountains and stuff was really yeah. nice. I like really yeah. liked that. Maybe you're right because I had a bad impression of the visual style of it. But it's maybe not the cinematography that I probably. It might be production design. It's it felt yeah. cheap. Some of the the sets were like. Oh, really? This is what you want with a big room, like, like the doctor's right. office, you know, mm-hmm. or like the basements in some of these places. They were just like, I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. But that felt like that scene with them in the hotel room. I was like, wait, did we just like skip over into like my own private Idaho or something? It felt like we jumped into an art house movie for just like a scene. It did. Well, I think it, for a little bit longer because there's a lot of narration from Reggie in this. Where yeah. He's very like, it seems like he's very reflective. He's very calm. It's just like he's writing in his journal. It's like. Day 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. been on the road. We're running low on supplies. I wonder if that's like also that. like a holdover from Dune. That yeah. you hear the characters mm-hmm. that's talking. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to make a fake Criterion cover for this movie because I feel like you can do it pretty easily. Ooh, do that. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phantasm 2. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, that means we should go around the table and tell people do what, what we said earlier. Ready. Two balls. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Phantasm. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And just the mustard finger. And just, yeah. Or no, it had to be two fingers. Pin. It had to be two fingers. Two mustard fingers yeah. works for me. It would, it, it's too bad this uh, didn't have a subtitle in this, like <laughs> Phantasm 2 something, because then you could put the colon, and those could be the two balls. And I've taken Yeah, why was there, how was there not like a two balls pun <laughs> in this title or something? I mean, the you ball know? was bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they got more creative down the road. One day we'll find out. What's the next one? The Lord of the Dead and then Phantasm Four: Oblivion and then Phantasm. Those are very generic subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Sound like they could be Resident Evil movies. But Michaela, now that you've (laughs) gone this far and you know peeled back the onion and seen the second one, I mean, now do you feel compelled to go? Don't answer that. Wait until after we read some of our listener mail. All right. (laughs) So, in order to help us with this task, we're going to have to summon our mailman, and his name is Igor. Bring us the mail. Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Why, thank you, Igor. Thank you, Igor. He's very. Do you you think he's like crunched down dwarf from the weight of that planet? Do you think he's been to the Phantasm planet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's that and just a combination of like. He's slowly melting over the years. You know, people get shorter when they yeah. get older. Yeah. I mean, he's old, so he's just it's true. Yeah, and he had like a familial like recognition when he saw the dwarfs. Now that he can actually see their face, like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mom and dad. Mm-hmm. This is one of your favorite. He has yellow blood, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Acid yeah. blood. I'm I'm <laughs> assuming. All right. Well, we want to let you know how you can participate in this interactive portion of our show. All you got to do is go over to uh, our Facebook. Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. Twitter. At Sat Freak Show. You can email us. Saturday Night Freak Show at Yahoo.com. 
Or you can follow along on Instagram at Saturday Night Freak Show. Leave us a question or comment. We'll read it on the air. About tonight's movie, Phantasm 2, Michael Whitaker says, Oh, man, I just tried watching this recently, too. I definitely didn't like this as much as the first one or the third one, which is probably controversial to say, but I really enjoyed the third one. I was more shocked at the notion that Reggie had a family than I was with the Mike recast, but that was also definitely a distraction that made it harder to like this movie. It is an adjustment. The time jump and this is someone else, it is an adjustment. Especially since they go back to Mike uh, Mike, uh, again. Uh, Travis Legler says, this is a solid way to start Listener's Choice Month. A good, fun sequel, so I'm sure Sean's pants are getting a little tight with it. Wow. If memory serves, the gore is up a bit, but the atmosphere is still on course with the first film. I'm excited. To hear your guys' thoughts. You keep your thoughts up. (laughs) (laughs) Sir. I know. Respectfully, sir. But Sean is the sequel guy. How come he didn't bring uh... developed that reputation? (laughs) That's right. Uh, Lee Jordan says, classic. I love Phantasm and Phantasm 2. The others start off or start to go off a bit, but are okay. Okay. I like how many Phantasm fans we have in our listenership. (laughs) Well, yeah. Makes I mean, you feel at home. Here we are. We're, we're watching <laughs> Phantasm 2. Simon mm-hmm. Carter says, yes, there's some genuinely creepy stuff in this movie, and it did an awesome job expanding the story without shitting on what was so good about number one. Actually, Don Coscarelli, I think, uh, said uh, that the second one, when all the critical reviews came in and said it was so horrible, he's like, well, basically, we made the first one a cult classic now. Yeah, the first one exactly. Better. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he and, can't really hurt his legacy at this point, right? No, you know? right. So, made the first uh, Phantasma classic. Uh, Adam Kaler says, this is just a fun series to watch. The Tall Man is an intimidating villain, and I hope Angus Scrim had a good time bringing him to life. I believe if you watch this film, it makes you qualified for a job in the mortuary sciences if you can ever find your way out of one. Yeah. I mean, we did see what they put hydraulic acid in, in the embalming fluid, right? Yeah, the yeah. hydrochloric. Yeah. 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 So don't you have that do that, around. I guess. Yeah. So yeah. I know not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we are learning something. And no mustard blood in people, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Also bad. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel confident I can do this. Uh, Nick Siebel writes in and says, this has got a great movie concept. Two bros go on the road loaded with badass weapons and a badass hot rod to fight an evil bad guy with dwarves who terrorizes funeral homes with flying chrome, spe- flying chrome spheres with a drill and spikes. Fuck yeah, you can't beat the 80s. Did you know Brad Pitt auditioned and almost got the role of Michael? All that should be on the back of the, or yeah. on the in the corner of the poster. It's right there. I need someone who's good at deep fakes to do like a deep fake edit of Brad Pitt into Fantasy. There you too. go. And then yeah. to show Brad Pitt somehow. And we can get like the reface app. So yeah. Somebody from yeah. Fantasy yeah. Two has to upload yeah, some of their stuff. Say, you know, we can figure it out. Uh, G Money says this entry in the series is the easiest to watch. I love the original, and that film stands best on its own. While Part Two and Three are viewed. Best viewed as a marathon, like when they went play on USA. Two has great gore, and the back pimple creature is mm. as memorable as Quattro and <laughs> Malignant. Yeah. 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 I right. would agree. Because I, I, I didn't, like, there's just no reason to expect that in this movie. So when it happened, I was like, wait, what? What yeah. is happening right now? Yeah. I wish there was more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That would have been good. Uh, the previous week we watched a movie called, uh, or two weeks ago, we watched Night Train to Terror. Tony Bradshaw says, I just watched this. 
Claiming that it was edited is like someone saying they <laughs> mowed your lawn using a sledgehammer. I enjoyed it because the scene segues were much like looking through a kaleidoscope pointed at the sun. <laughs> and that music was not music. That was music. Sir. That was Everybody's authentic. got something to do. Everybody, Everybody but you. you. It was authentic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Todd. Writes in and says, Just Todd? Just Todd. <laughs> okay. Writes in and says, Don't forget Richard Mall was also in The Sword and the Sorcerer in 1982, which oh. I saw entirely too young and is forever in my nightmares. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we didn't include him because uh, we were we were saying he's on the Saturday Night Freak Show Wall of Fame for appearances in the three movies yes. or four. Previous we movie. mentioned. Oh, yeah. He's been yeah. before. Uh, Mark Harrison about Night Train to Terror says, That was a lot to take in, and I don't think I can follow. Uh, oh, you know what? You're in good company because that's how I felt watching it too. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, this is a lot." I don't think I can follow, but dive deeper. I'm here. Go I, further. I don't know if he watch if Greta he, if he saw the movie or just listening to us. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I feel like if you're just listening to us, it's insane. I'm yeah. sure. This is four people like having a seizure. A collective um, seizure, though. Yeah, that, was, that was a different movie we watched. We were just like, I feel like I'm nuts talking right now. <laughs> May have been society. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, very very crazy movie. Uh. The week before that, we watched Star Wars, the holiday special. No, that's right. <laughs> Brett Williams writes in and says, Sea Huds was God. not the only one to see the holiday special as it aired. Having seen Star Wars in a theater the summer before, I was nine and watching it in anticipation of the new unnamed bounty hunter making his appearance here before showing up in the upcoming sequel. The free mail order figure the next year would finally reveal his name as Boba Fett. Oh. I love that. Isn't I that love history? hearing where people were when cultural moments happened i love that right i love that we have at least two listeners that were yeah we're there we're at, saw, or boots yeah. on the ground yeah. apparently getting like little boba fett mego dolls and shit yeah. like sent to them in the yeah, mail i do remember that like i did a the lot of that with like figures yeah. yeah with like gi joe maybe i did like mm-hmm. there would be ones that you could only get in the mail like you have to save up enough like box tops or whatever mm-hmm. or back of the whatever <laughs> uh brett back also sent us uh photos of the prototype never produced a chewbacca family figures oh how much do those go for is it is it too too much (laughs) unless you can find these well yeah you can find (laughs) prototypes sometimes but uh grant parish okay so we uh we had posted on our social media that uh harvey corman and uh b arthur in the movie and part of the the star wars universe Mm. grant parish said don't don't do this don't align (laughs) These two in that way. And he says, quote, once upon a time in a holiday special that should have been aborted at the idea stage, two titans of their craft were conned into appearing in a shit show by lights and magic so industrial the world wouldn't put it out twice. He says, there, I fixed it. Lights and magic so industrial. <laughs> you know, I've applied like for it. jobs there like four times and never been hired. So I have it out for ILM. Um. Kryptonian Orphan says, I still prefer Lumpy over Jar Jar Binks. That's a bold statement. Oh, I'll take Lumpy. (laughs) Wow. And Ryan Handsome Jansen says, the wife and I tried watching this last night. We lasted about 30 minutes. And just couldn't do it. Yeah, you, that's fair. It's, yeah, you, it's not a sit down and watch it movie or show. Oh, or. Once people realize how long the acrobats that Lumpy's watching goes on for, that's when they're like, we have to get out now. Right. We got to do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. You can't just sit and stare at this. It's like uh, we did. It's like looking at something. <laughs> we did. We had to. We couldn't turn it off. 
It was like <laughs> Clockwork Orange kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michaela came in here and put those devices yep. on her yep. eyes. Her eyes and yep. and I didn't need them though because I could watch it on my no, own. No, because she watches yeah. it every year. I probably watched it again. No, she- no, because my partner was like, "So since you just watched it, right. uh, <laughs> I didn't leverage that." Out. Yeah, he was like, "Do you just want to watch a New Hope instead?" And I compromised and watched a New Hope instead. So. Well, all right, there you yeah, go. and then so- you put in your special tape of New Hope. And then five minutes later, it just cuts to the Christmas special. <laughs> we like, watched, ah, you're not getting away. We watched the like most recent version of A New Hope, so with all those terrible edits in it. So, I mean, it was like a good compromise then, because you have the McClunky in there and all the other stuff that is just <laughs> unnecessary. Disney, Disney Plus, Plus oh, we watched, okay. which is a like horrible version. Another version. Yeah. How oh. many versions of, an, of Star Wars A New Hope do we have? Oh, there's got to be like seven or eight, probably. Have you guys watched yeah. the despecialized version? Some some, I mean, I have the VHS tapes with the original version. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. Where you can actually see what the movie looked like. I have a a version of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now we're going to go around the table and tell you whether or not you should see the Star Wars spinoff. There's a connection. There's Jawas. Uh, Phantasm 2, starting with me. I'm going to go first tonight and say for Phantasm 2, as I am Sean of sequels, uh, I like this movie. Um, I like, I think I liked it because of, uh, well, all the influences of other horror movies of that decade uh, that I can see uh, in this movie. Um, it is, it's fun movie. Um, it is kind of a, it's a road movie. It doesn't really, I like the story because we get, we're introduced to everybody in the first one. I like that it's the idea of him going from town to town, collecting souls and slave and all that stuff. Um, it does feel like we do kind of repeat some scenes from this. I mean, we are in mausoleums and the balls are just, you know, diving into people's heads and squirting all their blood out. So some of it feels like a little bit of a retread, which is, you know, which is fine. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm curious to watch the third one. Whoever said in their review that you should watch the second and third one as like a marathon. Like, I kind of want to watch the third one. I don't know if it's bad or not. Well, um, then you got to watch the fourth one. Ah, and then it's a slippery slope. I know. We'll see. This is why like, <laughs> but this is my, I'll get my like, Oh, I want to watch him. And then it's just gonna be like, I didn't watch him. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, but I had fun with this movie tonight. Uh, yeah. Well, all the other ones are on shutter. Are they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he did the, he did the yeah. thing. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not gonna be my favorite. It's, it's good enough. I recommend it. Um, yeah, I had fun. For all the reasons we said tonight, it's not going to blow you away, but it's you know it's good enough. It's fun hanging out with Reggie for an hour and a half, and I am curious about the other ones. So I'm going to recommend Phantasm too. Uh, it uh, expanded enough, had enough of the familiar elements, so it was good. Colin, what do you think of Phantasm too? Well, I was actually surprised this time around because I seriously went into this movie going like I'm not going to recommend this. I don't <laughs> like Phantasm Two. Ironically, I do like Phantasm Three and Four. I think better than this, but this time watching it, I had a different experience, and I don't know if I was paying more attention somehow, or it made more sense, or I've watched enough Phantasms recently to properly put this in context. Um, it is more. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you'd say linear. Then yes, it feels more. It's a good word for it. Feels more linear. Or um, what would be That's like another word for it? I, I mean, it's hard. Okay, so I'm going to say conventional sequel, mm-hmm. yep. even though we're still talking about phantasm, and it's just weird to begin with. Right. Um, 
I thought the dialogue was clunky. I thought the direction was not all that great. I mean, it feels like someone who's, you know, they got a chance to make a movie, but it doesn't feel like his heart's really in it. He's just it, it, not compared to that first one. No. Yeah, yeah. To compensate, he's just, you know, cranking the dial up. He's Explosions. Like, yeah. If yeah. I've got this, right. then we're going to go. Explosions, more spheres. Yeah. yeah. Heavy artillery, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the canvas is bigger. So it's like, okay. But some of the characters, they're crawling around, creeping and crawling around mausoleums. I'm like, I don't know who this priest is. I don't know who this girl yeah. is. I don't know who the other girl is. I really don't know anything about like Mike and Reggie other than they're familiar they're from yeah. the first movie and they have mm-hmm. a history that I know them from there. But even when they talk to each other, they're just talking about like, okay, man, you ready? We're going to go, go get him. Today. Let's yeah, go yeah. Kick his- yeah. And then like the music starts, they get in the car, you know, apparently we're doing this for like six months. Isn't that what yeah. I said at some point it's like I, six yeah. months ago. in the course of this movie, it covers six months mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because we're eight years past the first yeah. one when this, oh, yeah. Yeah. and then the, over the course of six months. Um, however, it did rally uh, for the the climax. I was like, by the time we actually got to the mortuary for the big final showdown with the tall man and all that stuff, that was when it was like, okay, the movie started rolling out all the special effects. The you know we got to rescue somebody from a contraption. Yeah. Uh, other people are getting you know crazy things happening to them. We're gonna you know seeing the. We're going through the tuning fork again and all this other stuff. I think, Sean, you're right. I mean, you're restaging a lot of stuff from the first one because um, you're trying to introduce an audience who may, you know, it's eight year, or nine years. I right. think, you know, if you haven't seen the first one, this is your first Phantasm. It's kind of like this a soft wide remake. Release. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, yeah. So it's reintroducing you to, you know, what all this stuff is. But for the core fandom, I don't know if it expanded. I guess in... Retro, he's they they basically are saying flat out what was either implied yes. or kind of given away by the end of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Now we're just like telling you that's what's going on. Yes. Um. But I did. I guess I in, I went through. I think there was a, a a period in the middle where I was like, this movie's like aimless. It's bringing in characters <laughs> I don't care about. Like you know the, the this whole subplot with the priest being stalked at his house. By the reanimated corpse of the guy that he stabbed at the, right. and then he shows. It lost up. me a little there too, yeah. Because there was like a whole thing with that guy, like going after like the grandmother, yeah. And then, and then like, it goes away. I'm like, yeah, where's this going? But it did pay off because grandmother showed up as a as, as a dwarf a, as a dwarf later. So it's like, okay, they were still eye on the prize, weaving it in. But there was like, are these scenes leading to like a confrontation, like the, the, the climax? And then eventually, once it got rid of those extraneous scenes that it started going and i'm like okay you know this is doing the thing that i like about phantasm so i think yeah if you like the original phantasm so there you go if you don't then stay this, away yeah then this ain't gonna help you know like yeah but if you like the first one i think you will find things to like here and then yeah i would say you gotta you gotta keep going because if you like this i mean then you see Phantasm Three, <laughs> Phantasm Four, and probably even Ravager, even though I don't think that one ends. Even though now Angus Scrim is it's dead, so you can't do yeah. any more of them. But uh, all right, Michaela, let's have here's it. the big one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am not gonna lie; I was a little nervous when I heard <laughs> that this got picked for Listener's Choice Month because I was felt a little bit of pressure because of how much I like the original one. 
But uh, to borrow a phrase from the We Hate Movies podcast, like when they did Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2, they said, Gremlins is a really good steak and Gremlins 2 is a really good burger. And that's how I feel about Phantasm 1 and 2. Phantasm is a really good steak. Phantasm 2 is a really good burger. Both great, but different levels of taste, right? Mm-hmm. Um Still lots of fire. Yeah. And like, yeah. It's all flame broiled, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. All flame broiled. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I, I was surprised by how much I like this. I do feel like Colin and I agree it dragged a little bit with some sea level plots that didn't need to be there. <laughs> but never going to be mad at seeing Phantasm made with a bigger budget. You know, that's really cool. And probably will. That's, I'm sure the budget just went down from yep. here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, I love the cinematography. Uh, don't really care for the mic recasting, but I understand that like a studio wants to make sure a name is attached or at least a face, if not a name. Um, so I get it, but James LeGrow didn't really do anything for me in this. But it, it, man, it's fun to think about the Brad Pitt version of this movie, right? <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it's super gory, which the first one is not. The first one's mostly about score and suspense and unraveling the mystery. But I liked that it was gory. I liked that Angus Scrim got a lot more to do in this one. Everyone got a lot more to do in this one, really. Uh, I think you got to see it. Like, it's, I don't like, I said, it's, it's the nice, it's a nice follow-up to that first movie. It's not the same. The tone is different, but the score is similar, and at least it's Don still making it. How often yeah. do we get a one-two sequel, same writer and director? It doesn't happen very much, it feels like. So I'm glad that he gets control over his vision throughout basically the entire franchise. Yeah, I am disappointed he didn't do... You know, it's like... Yeah, what, 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 why yeah, not? So what, what were busy, you doing? You couldn't right. do... Yeah. I mean, maybe John dies at the end when he was shooting at that time. I don't know. That's well, all I can think of. He'd already done it. Oh. Maybe they found the line where he was just like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Just like, I'm retired. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I mean, it's Phantasm. It feels right. like you that have is an his obligation. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. I should tell you how... How far they went in the fifth one in Ravager. Yeah, so I'm a little this. curious about three and four because just because I don't know anything about them other than like Reggie continues to be a central figure, but I'm a little curious. We'll see if I work up the <laughs> adventurous nature to explore them any further. But I mean, it was cool. It was cool to revisit these characters and stuff and see the flashbacks and see how it connects. I love a movie that picks up the second after the last movie most of the time. Um, we could have used a, a a good song though, a good guitar. Okay, yeah, this is yeah. this is my thing this. with this movie. So it's Phantasm Two. Why is it not Phantasm Dose Equis? And you get Dose Equis <laughs> to sponsor it because they were so heavily <laughs> featured right. in that first movie. Like if you've got the Universal money and the budget, why is Dose Equis not all over this movie? There you go. No sitting here at midnight song like you know <laughs> yeah, Universal. I mean, they could have yeah. got this whole thing. That's yeah, they could have done a whole Phantasm soundtrack. Missed opportunity oh, oh, oh. with the music. Well, this might be like <laughs> a reason to go further yeah. because uh, you know those outtakes. Mm-hmm. You do get another duet between <gasps> uh, a different song. I think so. Oh, or it's shit. a longer version of. There, there, is, there, is, the, there is a full version of sitting here, yeah. sitting here at midnight. Sitting here at midnight. Yeah, yeah, I have the Waxwork Records soundtrack for Phantasm, and they have the full version of sitting here at midnight yeah. on it. Yeah, I know. We go uh, back yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah, I recommend it. Okay, well that's right. three uh, three recommends for. Phantasm 2, yeah. our first movie of Listener Request Month. Good so start. It turns out, oh. out of the hundreds of movies that oh. uh, were uh, uh, you know, put out there, our listeners really like John Carpenter. Uh, All we, right. I mean, like how many John Carpenter movies have we done? I was going to say, can we guess this? Yeah, because we've done so many at this point. I'm going to say The Ward. 
I'm going to say the thing. Okay, so the irony is that Phantasm outscored the thing by one point. <laughs> oh, wow. Our fans really like Phantasm. But wow. Phantasm was outscored <laughs> by one point or one vote uh-huh. by Prince of Darkness. Oh, all right. So I've never doing, seen this. <laughs> we're doing John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the thing just missed it. Oh, we were almost doing the so thing close. and Prince of Darkness back to back. Damn. But uh, Prince of Darkness next week. Okay. I'm glad we all didn't. Right. Uh, yeah. You've never seen it? No, I've never okay. seen it. I only saw it, I think, last year or the year before. Yeah. I'm surprised that we haven't done it before. Yeah. To be honest with you, I'm like, we can't do that. We did it already. I'm shocked at him. No, because we had a thing. You and I had a long discussion about it, and I borrowed it from you and watched it, and we talked about it. So I think Mm -hmm. that covered our our thought of like, oh, I thought we did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So now we're going to officially do Prince of John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Donald Pleasance is in this, right? Yes, Yes. he is. All right. Well, I'm already excited then. Okay. Well, all right. That's next week. And we, (laughs) we hope you'll join us. And until then, ladies and germs, the basement is going dark.